The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welker. You are listening to episode 286 of the podcast. Unless you're joining us live on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube, you want to catch the show live and you never seem to make it because we're so sporadic about when this thing goes live. It's unpredictable. Just like a knee injury in the main event of a cage fight. But if you want to catch the show live, Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube, follow on Twitter at MMA on the Rocks, or follow the show on Facebook, and turn on your notifications so you know when the show is going live, like right now. Today's Sunday, May 15th, one day removed from UFC Vegas 54, I want to yep. say. UFC on ESPN 36, if you're keeping track that way. Jan Blahovich and Alexander Rakich. Going at it in a light heavyweight contenders match in the main event. Before we get into any of that, let me introduce my other half around here. All the way from the wild world of New Jersey. The hot car salesman, Jeff, (laughs) the animal, Wilson, Jeff. What's going on on this Sunday evening, my friend? Bill, I'm thinking with inflation and the fact that it's basically impossible to get anything shipped over from from other countries. Uh, I'm thinking of maybe sell my car, but I got to find a one, another one that I like first. Because, Bill, you've been in my car. You know it's awesome. The AC works, which is far better than, than the previous car that I owned that you were in, Bill, in which the AC did not work. So we were we were sweating. Yeah, we, yeah. We we were cutting weight in that. What was it, a Saturn? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's good. I'm surprised you remember. That's, it was an that, orange Saturn. That orange Saturn sauna. That you... <laughs> Dude, it was awesome. The heat worked perfectly fine. It's just the AC, you know, the summer, you know, like you said, we turned it into a sauna. But, Bill... Before if Charles get... Oliveira had that car, he wouldn't have missed weight last week. Oh, yeah, dude. He could have just sat in my car for like an hour, and he would have mm-hmm. dropped that half pound easy. Could have talked about churros or something. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but Bill, enough about me. Bill, you're back from another weekend at Disney. So, Bill, as per usual, I need a damage report here. Uh, um, you know, all, all systems are in pretty decent condition here uh you know I'm, I'm putting a lot of miles uh putting a lot of miles on the old uh the old welker mobile here and by that i don't mean my minivan i mean like my actual body my vessel um but you know the trick is like i, I feel like i'm getting exercise because i'm constantly walking i'll average like twenty thousand, twenty-two thousand steps um when we do the parks and then try to eat pretty healthy, but then balance that all out with like drinking heavily to, to cope with the crowds 
and like just the the general Disney vibes in general. But um, I gotta say, it's really fun. I I I enjoy it, especially because Ariana's at the age now where she like kind of gets what's going on, and she'll like plan out the day at the park, like depending which park we go to, she knows which ride she wants to go on. And the best part about it, Jeff, is she's like pretty practical. If she's like, I want to go on the Peter Pan ride next, and I'll look up the ride on my phone, and I'll, oh, it's a long wait, and she'll be like, oh, it's okay, we could just go on it later or whatever. You know, she's not like one of those kids that's like, I need to go on it now. And then we're waiting for, you know, an hour and a half to ride Peter Pan. Um, so it, it's good. She's kind of practical about it in that way. Um, and then, you know, I pack a bunch of healthy food so I don't spend too much money, but but still manage to come back like just broke every weekend. I, I always think of like uh, the Joe Exotic from tiger king he's like i'm never going to financially recover from this <laughs> like, i think about that every time i get home from disney like even though we pack our own food and like we do everything like pretty frugally it's still like that mouse just knows the way to your wallet yeah dude i can't even imagine bill i mean you know me but i'm terrible with money um so i i'd probably blow my life savings when uh, probably like two days at Disney. Yeah, it's it's pretty easy, especially because you can like you can link your account to like a wristband and then oh, just God. scan that thing. It doesn't even feel like you're spending money. But that's why I don't I don't link it that way. I just um I pay every time so I feel it. Like it <laughs> Bill, I think that's the move. Yeah. I, I think I'm gonna have to start doing cash actually which i don't know if they still take cash now at disney i think everything is contactless ever since um covid but yeah it's cool um now is the first time where you can actually like high five the characters and stuff um again like they're you know they they allow that again it used to be like you had to take a picture with the character and they're standing like behind the ropes and you can't get close to them but you know now you can go up and give them a high five and a fist bump and stuff like that so it's kind of cool that she's old enough to be aware of all that now and um you know what weirds me out jeff is like the grown adults who wait online to meet the characters and then they go up and like start having conversations with them like start telling mickey mouse about their day and i'm standing there with my four-year-old daughter and she's looking at me like, Dad, does this lady know that it's a guy in a costume? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but um, I got a comment from Mark about the ice cream beers. So at Epcot, they have one of my favorite things. It's called a Kieran Frozen. So Who's for those Kieran who don't Frozen? Know, yeah, Kieran Frozen. So Kieran oh, was he a, on the Contender Series? It sounds like he could have been. Kieran Frozen fighting out of Biloxi, Mississippi. <laughs> uh, no, so Epcot is um, the the whole thing is called a World Showcase where they have nine different countries that are kind of spread out and represented there, and you can go into each country and they have you know foods and drinks from those regions, like they have margaritas and and tacos and Mexico, and they have 
um, you know, like loggers and stuff in uh, England and fish and chips and, and things like they would find in England. So in the Japanese pavilion, they have like a bunch of sushi and chicken katsu and things like that. And like a lot of the food's really good, but uh, they have a Japanese beer called Kirin and it, they have it on draft. And what they do is they take frozen beer. It's like frozen beer foam and they put it on top like a soft serve, Jeff. And um, basically like it just, it tastes like beer foam, but it's, it's ice cold. I'm looking for uh for a photo to show you of it real quick. Um and and it's just one of my favorite things. It looks like an ice cream. So I'll hold it up for you here to see. Oh, it kind of looks like a like a float a little bit. Yeah. So the frozen foam keeps it um it stays on top and you kind of drink the beer through it and it keeps the beer cold the whole time and it's delicious. I I enjoy Japanese beer. Um especially on a hot day like it was it's getting to be where it's like too hot for me mm. to be outdoors um but yeah kieran frozen highly recommend if you plan on making a trip to epcot i posted that on twitter yesterday and i actually had somebody respond and say i'm planning a trip to epcot next month like i'm glad you posted this so i know to go grab one of these and i I responded with a few other recommendations of, of things that I suggest checking out. Like the Norway Pavilion has a really good beer, Jeff. It's called Einstock. Um, and it, it's just like a it's like a light uh, wheat beer. Um, I would compare it to like a like a Blue Moon or something like that. But it was it's much better. And the last time we went to Epcot, actually, they didn't have any Einstock um, because of you know things that are going on in the world they were they were having a hard time they actually import all these things all these different food and drinks from the countries that they originate from so the last time we went it was out of stock <laughs> you, you beat me by like a half second <laughs> it was brewing you were brewing that one yeah oh man um Bill, it's funny you mentioned the weather because it's finally starting to get like humid up here because it's mm -hmm. been cold for the last twelve years. Yeah. So um so it's nice. The weather's finally warm up warming up. Um and Bill, it's it's just in time because uh the AC in my classroom just got fixed. And um, uh, you know, I didn't want the kids uncomfortable and complaining and yada yada. So um so luckily it got fixed uh, about two weeks ago. So, you know, the timing couldn't be better, Bill. Uh it's getting humid. AC is good to go. That's the last thing you need is like uh, a bunch of, what are they, preteens? Yeah, they're like uh, 11, 12-year-olds. Yeah, a bunch of preteens at the end of the school year with no air conditioning. That sounds miserable. So it's a yeah. good thing they, they came through and fixed that just in time. Oh, yeah. I mean, I put in two work orders about six months ago, so... You know, I'm glad it was done in a timely fashion. Well, and, you know, I, I, yeah, sorry to cut you off, but I can't blame the, 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 the school or the school district at all because they had to order this part and it just took long because, like you said, things going on in the world, you know, under our current regime. So, you know, <laughs> regime, 
yeah, everything costs more. So, you know, diesel's going up in price. So everything takes forever to get here. And now it's expensive to bring everything over. Phil, I might have to, I might have to buy Amazon Prime again. Yeah, it's, it's useful. I mean, for for all the shortages going on, like Amazon seems to still be fulfilling everything. So they're like immune to whatever kind of uh, supply chain crisis is going on. Like they found a loophole, I guess. Um, but yeah, I guess it's a good thing you didn't put that work order in five months ago. Because then it would have been fixed like when the school year was over. Yeah, it would have been fixed in July. Yeah, no good. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't have done you any good. The summer school kids will be nice and cool, though. Um, <laughs> man, imagine you get stuck in summer school and there's no air conditioning. Dude, I never understood it. Like, I, I never did summer school or anything, like, even as a student. Like, why would you want that? Like, dude, it's it's summer. It's the time where you're not supposed to be in school hanging out with your friends. Like, mm-hmm. why... Why would you want to be, you know, why would you want an extra month of school? I almost had to do it once. I almost failed uh, 10th grade math. Um, I just had like a terrible teacher, though. Like he would put some problems on the board and then he would literally sit at his desk and and play solitaire or some kind of card game on his computer. And if you had a question about something, he would tell you you had to come to extra help. Yeah, that guy was a dick. <laughs> and that's why, that's why I hate math, and I became an English teacher. <laughs> Fair enough. I actually, like, from that year on, I, like, I I used to be pretty pretty quick with math, like, up until ninth grade, but that just, like, left a sour taste in my mouth. Like, that, it goes to show, like, a, a bad teacher can make all the difference, just like a good teacher can. Oh, Absolutely. So that was that. I'm not even going to say his name. I don't want to make him famous. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Um, In any case, Jeff, I suppose we could talk about some cage fighting now. Yeah, let's do it. So um, this card, this was, we were saying this is a sneaky good card, Jeff. This card delivered, man. There were so many finishes. It's like I I got to look up the bonuses here because um, there there were a couple that I would have given bonuses that I'm not sure got them. But let's start with the main event. Kind of a weird ending, and even more weird for the fact that like Rikic was winning the second round, and then he had this injury. But then Blahovich wins with this you know, freak TKO and people are like, yeah, (laughs) I feel like most of the time people will be like, oh man, Rakich got robbed. But for whatever reason, this guy just like rubs people the wrong way. I'm not sure if something happened where like the MMA fan base just doesn't vibe with this guy or if he did something, but I don't know what the story is there. But I got more of a sense like people were relieved that Blahovich won, which is usually never the case in, in these kinds of endings. Am I wrong? Um, 
Yeah, dude. I mean, it it seemed like everybody, you know, was on Blahovich's side. Blahovich is just a likable guy, man. But, dude, uh, like you said, Rakic was was winning that second round. I kind of gave the first round to Blahovich, mm-hmm. but I was a little a little um, distracted um, during this fight. But, dude, um, you know, up until that point, uh, Rakic was looking really good, and but you got to give credit to Jan Blahovich, man, because his leg kicks are nasty, dude. I, you know, um, the commentary team was talking about maybe that's like an, an old injury or something, um, uh, you know, the way that he put weight on it. But I, I think that was uh, from just the the leg kicks that Blahovich was using in that first round, because um, some of those were nasty, dude. You could hear them, uh, like the mics were picking up the smack of Blahovich's shins up against Rakic's legs, man. But, um, you know, I, I felt like he came out really well in that second round. And then his knee just like something just moved in his knee. And at the end, they slowed it down so you could see it. And you mm-hmm. see like something move. And then it moves a little bit out of place, almost like a pulled muscle, but not a pulled muscle. It's just, mm-hmm. I, I'm, it's kind of hard to explain. You just, you gotta go back and watch this one. Yeah, to me, it looked like the patella came dislocated temporarily. Uh, luckily, I believe it was nothing serious, like an ACL tear or something like that. That would that would lead to a, a really long uh, recovery time for Rakic. But supposedly, he said three weeks ago in practice, he had the exact same injury. Mm. Um, so what can happen sometimes is like the patella, like the top part of the kneecap, it can just kind of pop out of place and if nothing tears like you're all right it's just going to be sore for a few days so hopefully that's the case and that's what happened and he doesn't have any real damage on there but yeah great point about the leg kicks i mean blahovich was attacking the lead leg of rakage but if you're getting your leg beat up that affects your balance you know so uh when you move you're pushing off of that lead leg and, and it might cause you to land funny on that rear leg um, which is exactly what happened. The other thing was Lahovich kept coming in with that body shot followed by the overhand. Um, so I feel like that combination was causing Rakic to kind of flinch and back up because um, those shots were hurting him. Uh, I, I had it the same way as you. I scored the first round for Blahovich. I thought he looked good in that round. I thought he was he was landing whatever he wanted to land. And obviously the second round, Rakic was kind of starting to run away with it. It looked like the fight was really going to go in his favor, you know, very similar to what Glover Teixeira did to Jan Blahovich. Uh, he had that nice treetop takedown uh, in that second round, and and he was able to control Blahovich on the ground and get him kind of frustrated. Uh, so he was doing a great job there. This is a great fight um, for as long as it lasted. And it was weird, too, because Blahovich landed a nice combination, and then Rakic stepped back, and then there was the knee thing. Um, but yeah, it was weird because, you know, normally if something like this happened, people would be pissed like, oh, that's not a real win. You know, he didn't, he didn't TKO him. Like it just, he just got hurt. We got to run it back. I I haven't heard any of that, Jeff. I don't know if you've, if, if you've got a different feed than me, but I've been, I've been reading over the past 24 hours. I haven't seen anybody saying like, oh, Rakich would have won. This is bullshit. <laughs> but I feel like people just like Jan and they don't like Rakic. So <laughs> they're, they're like, yeah, we're good with it. 
I mean, I, I don't know if 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 um if like you said, if Rikic did something to the, to the MMA fans or said something, but um, I think Blahovich is just a likable guy, man. But uh, yeah, dude, I was really impressed uh, when it went to the ground because uh, Blahovich threw up his legs and had Rikic in a triangle. I was mm-hmm. like, holy shit, dude! Like, I mean, it looked tight for a little bit. And Rikic was able to get out of it. But for a second there, I was kind of hoping to see a triangle finish here, man. That would have been really cool. Because um, Blahovich, you know, these light heavyweights, you know, they're so big, they don't usually have to 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 attack submissions off their back. But it was awesome seeing it, man. Yeah, I, I mean, Blahovich has a sneaky good submission game. And he's got, he's got a hell of a squeeze uh, if he gets a hold of your neck. Um, so... Uh, yeah, I, I'm not surprised he's good off his back. And I, I was impressed with Rikic's wrestling as well. Like a treetop takedown, which is when you uh, do a single leg entry and lift the leg like way high up, like uh, above their shoulders and then kick out um, the leg that's still on the ground. That's not something that you see from the heavier guys. Um, that's so fun to see, though. That's that. Yeah, that's a small man's takedown move, because uh, you don't want to be lifting up those tree trunk legs of these light heavyweight dudes. Uh, that's a, that's no easy task. But Rikic made it look smooth. He made he made it look like borderline easy. Um, but I challenge anybody to uh, to pick up the leg of a of a two hundred and thirty pound man or whatever Blahovich was last night. Um, and and pick his leg up over his head and see how easy it is. <laughs> that's that that's a feat of strength right there. And um, before we move on, Jeff, I just want to say I looked up the uh, the bonuses. So it looks like Caitlin Chukagian and Amanda Hebos uh, got the fight of the night bonus. Um, and then Ryan Span got a performance of the night bonus for his uh, submission win over Iwan Kutilaba and uh, the newcomer Manuel Torres um, also got a performance of the night uh, for his knockout over uh, Frank Camacho. Um, and Mark is on here saying that Michael Johnson got shafted. I, I tend to agree. Um Michael Johnson looked phenomenal, and we'll, we'll get to that in just a bit. Um, but let's let's uh, cover the co-main event here first, Jeff. Ryan Spann. This fight was wild for the first uh, two minutes or so. Um, these, these guys were going at it. Um, and and Kutalaba is tricky, man. Like, he's, he's, like, wild with the strikes, but he's got, like, these sneaky trips and stuff, too. And... Uh, Ryan Spann touched him, and you could tell Kutalaba didn't like it. So he was, like, trying to get it to the ground. And once he dove in, like, towards the legs, Ryan Spann was able to lock up this this kind of high-elbow guillotine. Kind of pulled guard with it, but then, you know, flipped over, wound up on top, and that thing was nasty tight. Give me your thoughts, Jeff. Oh, yeah, dude. This was an awesome fight. For as long as it lasted, dude, only lasted two and a half minutes. But so much happened. Like you said, it was on the ground. Um, 
and both fighters able to pop back up. And dude, um, like you said, man, Ryan Spann, he had such a nasty squeeze. Like as soon as he turned uh, over and got on top of Kutalaba for that guillotine, um, like as soon as they turned over, Kutalaba was tapping, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, man, but like, dude, oh man, it was just such a good fight. And I, Bill, I don't know what it is about the guillotine. It's its beauty is in its simplicity, man. Mm-hmm. Like it's such a beautiful move, and like it's it's easy to hit. It's a bread and butter move. Um, Bill, this made me want to go back and practice my guillotine, which you actually, <laughs> which Bill, you actually taught me. I haven't used it in a long time because nobody shoots <laughs> in on me. I uh. Cause they know, kid. They don't. They don't want to mess with the sprawl, and the, they don't want anything to do with that guillotine. Um, <laughs> it, it is one of my favorite submissions. I I can't lock it up the way Ryan Span did with those long arms. He was able to like reach his arm all the way across, and and like I don't know. He was almost like touching his elbow with his thumb. <laughs> it's pretty wild the way he was able to sna- uh, snake that through. Um, but yeah, this was a really fun fight. And I feel like I feel like Kutalaba's been having a rough go of it lately, which um is unfortunate because he's such an exciting fighter. All right, so he had a win over Devin Clark in his last fight. He had a draw with Dustin Jacoby, and then it was the the two fights with Magomed Ankalaev, you know, the first one where he did like the rope a dope and got TKO'd. And then they had to do like the immediate rematch. Um, and then he got knocked out for real. Um, so yeah, rough goal of it lately. But Ryan Span, man, it, this dude, like a confident Ryan Span, is going to be a dangerous guy to deal with. He was saying this was the first time in his UFC career he felt like loose uh, during fight week and he was just th- having fun. Uh, you know, he's like hanging out with his brother and his team and just in a really good headspace. So um, the, the division's got to be on the lookout for this guy. Yeah. And Bill, this was uh, one of my favorite things about this, Bill. You know, I'm a comic book nerd. It was Superman versus Hulk. I mean, like, <laughs> dude, the way they were going at it, I think well, it could have been in a movie, man. Like, it was awesome. And um, Bill, you know, I was talking about this last week, dude. When Ryan Spann's hot, he's awesome, dude. So if he can keep this up, man, string some wins together, you know, we're, I could see him in the top five within his next, like, two or three fights, man. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, this was another great fight, David Grant and Louis Smolka. Um, uh, I'm glad Smolka moved up to 135. I like him there. Um, this fight I thought was all David Grant. I mean, Smolka landed a, a few shots here and there, but nothing that was really – threatening changing the momentum in his favor Davy grant was just kind of like picking him apart and he th- throwing a lot of power shots but really just kind of toying with smolka and the leg kicks are what added up and in that third round he dropped him with the leg kick so he couldn't stand on the lead leg anymore dives in for a takedown but then after the takedown entry there was no follow-up. He just kind of collapsed. Yeah. Which to me signaled like I I I thought as I was watching it, the referee should have stepped in at that moment. Because you see him drop, you know he can't stand on his leg. 
you see him shoot for the takedown, like, all right, maybe he's still in it. But when you see him give up on the takedown and just completely flatten himself out, the fight should be over at that point. Um, can't blame Davy Grant, though. I mean, he could have done, he could have, like, he could have ended this a little more gently, like, all right, let's stand back up. But no, he he followed Smoka down to the ground. And while he was flattened out, put him unconscious on top of it. Insult to injury. Uh, Davy Grant is a damn savage. Um, but I, I, for me, this one could have been stopped sooner, Jeff. Give me your thoughts. Yeah, dude. Um, Smoka looked like he just never got going, dude. Even even in the like, you know, before the fight, as as he's you know pacing back and forth, he just he didn't seem like he was there, dude. Um, you know, maybe his mind was elsewhere. And like Davy Grant was just better everywhere, man. Um, like you said, those leg kicks were paying dividends, um, and he just looked faster than Samoka. Just you know. Um, yeah, it just it felt like Grant was just in a different league from Smoke uh, last night, man. Yeah, I mean, Davy Grant might look like um, Beavis and Butthead, but that dude can fight, man. <laughs> he's he's vicious. I mean, yeah. you got a guy like basically sprawled out, like quitting in front of you, and he's like, "I see that you've given up. <laughs> yeah, <he laughs> I'm gonna remove you out, from consciousness dude. anyway." Yeah, he put him out, man. I mean, he was basically like at his feet, like, dude, I'm done. And he was like, no, not yet. (laughs) Put him out cold. All right. Um, This was not the fight of the night for me, but I'm okay with the bonus going to it because I had Amanda Hibas winning this fight. So Um, did I. That's um, Yeah, I thought Caitlin Chukagian looked good, but she was just out of her element and – those first two rounds, I thought the ground control alone uh, would have won the fight for Heba. She was doing damage there. She was improving her position. She was in half guard or better for most of that ground control time. And most of it, she was in side control, which is a very dominant position. Um, the third round, she started to slow down a little bit. And Chukagian was kind of pouring on a little more volume. Uh, so I gave Chukagian a third round, but... Overall, I thought Hebus won this fight. Give me your take, Jeff. Yeah, Bill, I'm in the same boat. I, I was really surprised to hear that Chukagian had won this one. Um, you know, he was, you know, just controlled the ground game so well. And in the first two rounds, uh, I didn't really see Chukagian offering uh, a higher level than he was when it came to the striking. Like you said, third round, absolutely gave it to Chukagian. I felt like she cranked it up a little bit. But, dude. Uh, those first two rounds, I I thought the judges uh, were giving it to Hebas, and um, you know Hebas was really surprised too that the decision didn't go her way. Um, so yeah, this this was a this was a funky one. Yeah, yeah, which is why I'm okay with the bonus going to them. So at least Hebas gets an extra fifty grand, and this is another one of those cases of like we got to do away with the win pay because then you're putting it in the hands of the judges to determine mm. like. Who gets a full payday? Like, I I think it's time to restructure this. Like, everybody takes a little bit less, but you're getting guaranteed money, you know? And and I understand, like, how it started. Like, oh, it's more motivation to win. It's like, well, the motivation to win is to keep your job and to move up on the card. 
and um it, you know try and work your way to pay-per-view points and stuff like that um so yeah i i get it like it was a close fight the one thing i was impressed with was and i i think i lost you jeff you you kind of um kind of blacked out for a minute but until jeff gets back I'll say the one thing I was impressed with with Kate Chukagian through those first two rounds is her dexterity on the bottom. So Hebos was getting those head and arm takedowns, and then she would get into like the side control scarf hold position. And um, the way Caitlin was like throwing her legs over the top to try and take the back, a lot of people don't realize the flexibility and the dexterity that 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 takes. Um, oh, welcome back, Jeff. I was just saying that the the way Caitlin impressed me through the first two rounds was her dexterity and flexibility from the bottom, the way she was trying to throw her legs over the top of Hebus when she was in the side control scarf hold positions. Um, it, it was really impressive. I mean, she never really got there, but uh, the fact that she's able to do that is is um, that's some pretty freaky skills. Yeah, dude, the scarf hold position, dude. Um, for me personally, I hate getting caught in that. I feel like it's just such a weird position to get out of because, you know, all, all of your opponent's weight is on, is on one side. So you feel like you kind of have to take the back to get out of it or, 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 you know, try to scoot out from under them or like, you, you kind of got to blast your way out sometimes and just hope for the best mm -hmm. when you, explode up but uh yeah bill i uh i apologize i had to because um my laptop started dying so i had to really quickly plug in the charger which was nowhere near me before the battery died and <laughs> it, it never is that that's always the case with these things it's like you there there are chargers around like all the time like they might as well just be dangling from the ceiling and then right when you need one they're nowhere in sight it's just like it's like Murphy's Law, I guess. Um, yeah, so we're on the same page about that one. Um, performance of the night bonus went to Manuel Torres. I believe this was his UFC debut. Knocked out Frank Camacho. This was another fight where, like, you know, Camacho landed a few things here and there, but I felt like he never shifted the momentum. And then when Torres put him down, man, it was, it was just a beautiful knockout. Uh, give me your take, Jeff. Yeah, dude, this was a really fun fight as well. Very high-paced, uh, similar to Ryan Spann versus uh, versus Ian Kutalaba. But, uh -huh. dude, Bill, I was actually going to text you after this fight, man. Um, you know, Torres looked great in there, um, and he's a big lightweight, dude. Um, so I, I think he's definitely one to watch. Um, but, dude, this was a fun one. Frank Camacho's a really tough dude. So I think Torres is undefeated in his professional career so far. So um, he is thirteen and two. Oh, um, all right. I might have been thinking of someone else on the card then. But dude, um, yeah, really good fight. Uh, Torres, he's young. I think he's like twenty-two or twenty-three or something. Um, but yeah, he's got a he's bright future. Twenty-seven. Dude, he's got a bright future, Bill. Um, <laughs> but yeah, dude, I just. It was a good performance, man. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah for he's sure. Got, he's got some power at lightweight in his hands, dude. I was not expecting that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
uh, to knock out Frank Camacho says you got to have some rocks in your hands. Um, for me, this one was the fight of the night, Jeff. Uh, Alan Nascimento and Jake Hadley. I love this fight. This this one was just it was back and forth. It was great scrambles. Um, it was super close. Um, it you know at one point it, it looked like Hadley was going to run away with it, and then at another point it looked like Nascimento was going to run away with it, and then it looked like Nascimento had nothing left in the gas tank, and then he pulled out of nowhere and and started being dominant again. It had everything you would want to see uh, in a fight. It had a good good slugfest, good scrambles, good submission attempts. Uh, both guys showed how well-rounded they are. Um, what do you think of this one? Yeah, this was a really good fight. Um, you know, Michael Bisping was heaping the praises onto Jake Hadley here. And, um, yeah, I think both of these guys have got a really bright future, especially at flyweight. You know, we've been talking about how flyweight, the division has kind of dried up. Uh, but this was a really exciting fight, man. And like you said, Bill, uh, there were – there was round. There was a round where, you know, especially that first one where Jake Hadley was doing okay on top, was able to to do some damage. So it looked like he was gonna, you know, take the fight. And then Alan Nascimento able to take control back in the second round. Uh, just really exciting fight, man. Yeah, and then Hadley came back at the beginning of the third, if I remember correct. And then it yeah. seemed like he was kind of getting the momentum back. And then Nascimento had to dig deep. That was a great fight. I thought that yeah. one was going to win fight of the night, but what do I know? Um, Viviana Rajo, unanimous decision over Andrea Lee. The story of this fight uh, came to be not the fight itself, but the cornering on Andrea Lee's side. I guess uh, her corner man who, I don't know if it's her corner man or her boyfriend or whatever the relationship is there made some derogatory remarks about um, Brazilian fighters. Did you catch any of this, Jeff? Um, no, I was trying to fast forward. I started the fights late so I could fast forward through the breaks and stuff. But uh, no, I did not catch that. <laughs> yeah, so I guess, so I, I saw Twitter attacking the guy and I saw the video clips. I, I don't watch with the sound on, so I don't know what's going on with, with the corners or anything, but I saw people sharing the clips and I guess what happened was Andrea got poked in the eye and her corner man said, we knew something along the lines. I'm paraphrasing. We knew this would be like this. We know the dirty Brazilian fighters, the dirty Brazilians and are always up to these tricks or whatever. So, you know, people took that and ran with it and said, you know, he's saying Brazilians are dirty. But I don't think he meant, like, Brazilian people are filthy. I think he meant, like, Brazilian fighters fight dirty, like, with eye pokes and things like that. Either way, I, I'm i not condoning what he said <laughs> by any means. Um, but I do think there was a level of miscommunication or misunderstanding there um i don't know anything about the guy i don't know if he's you know prejudiced or or whatever um but i just know like i saw a lot of people jumping on it and then i when i listened to it i didn't take it as he was insulting brazilian people i just 
I think he saw his fighter get fouled and he was like, oh, these dirty, you know, these dirty fighters mm. from Brazil. Um, you know, we expected this, whatever. And it was the heat of the moment. Um, I'm not giving him a pass. I'm not, I'm not condoning what he said, but I do think, I don't know. It was a little bit confusing. Um, yeah, he still shouldn't have said it though. <laughs> However he meant it. Like you don't need to put, you could, he could have said like, Oh, we knew she was a dirty fighter. Mm. You know, you don't have to put, you don't have to put a whole nation <laughs> on the hook for a, for a one person throwing an eye poke, you know? Um, any thoughts on that one? Um, no, since I missed it. Um, but yeah, like you said, you know, he, he could have phrased it differently. But dude, um, the story of this fight was just Vivian Araujo um, laying down punishment on Andrea Lee, dude. Um, dude, I oh man, it was just so bad. You know, um, Araujo just had all the control time, um, was just brutalizing Andrea Lee. Dude, I felt bad for Andrea Lee in there, man. Um, if anything, I felt like her corner could have thrown in the towel. <clears throat> yeah, it was pretty pretty one sided. Um, so, what do you think about Araujo against Amanda Hebas now? Um, now that Hebas has moved up to one twenty five, they both have losses against Caitlin Chukagian. Yeah, I think that's a good fight to put together. I think it'd be fun. Um, yeah. And I think Kibos, like, definitely belongs in the division. I think she showed that. Um, you know, she got in there with the number two girl in that division and was able to, to take her down basically at will. Um, her striking's got to be cleaned up a little bit, but, you know, I think she found her home at 125. Um, Michael Johnson, man, what a performance by that dude. It was like kind of an awkward four punch combination that ended with like a left shovel hook um, that knocked out Alain Patrick. Um, but up to that point, Michael Johnson was looking good, man. His striking was looking crisp. Uh, he did get clipped a couple of times. Um, he ate some big leg kicks. But at the end of the day, it was, it was the hand speed of Michael Johnson on full display. And I got to agree with Mark Fellows here. Like, I, I think he probably should have got a performance of the night bonus. Uh, what'd you think, Jeff? Yeah, agreed, man. Uh, Johnson looked really good in there. Um, and like I said, Bill, you know, I, I love Michael Johnson. He's always in exciting fights. He's not put on boring fights, man. Um, but yeah, dude, uh, it was funny because he was looking good in the first round. And then the second round, I think he got really comfortable. I was just like, yeah, let's just make this a brawl. And then um, that, that final combination was him brawling, uh, which was awesome to see, man. Uh, it was nice to see the the fire in him again. Cause you know, he, he had a streak of, you know, hot and cold uh, in his last couple fights, but dude, that was awesome. Yeah. Uh, on the other side of the coin, to me, Alon Patrick looked off his game. He looked, like a little tight, like he was very, he looked like very bulky. Um, and he was kind of like lumbering around and he was overextending himself quite a bit. Um, every now and then he would kind of like explode with, you know, some of those capoeira kicks and, and things like that. But for the most part, I felt like his movement was very labored. I feel like in the past 
we've seen him look a lot more fluid. And I don't know if he was having an off night or if it was just the hand speed of Michael Johnson uh, that was throwing him off. But uh, it, in in either case, yeah, Michael Johnson coming off a four-fight losing streak. He hasn't fought since February of 2021. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this had to be – this had to feel good, especially because he had – you know, he got finished a couple of times in that streak. Yeah. Um, and, you know, 35 years old, so if he's going to make a run for it, uh, this is going to be the last chance here. Uh, what do you want to see next for the menace? Mm, I don't know, man. Um, I Maybe someone uh, ranked between like 11 and 15. Um, I don't want to go much higher than that because, like you said, he's got four losses in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, dude, it's tough, man, because Michael Johnson's been around the block a few times. Um, I yeah. can't even think of, of who I Let's of take who. a look here. Um, I mean, Gregor Gillespie was just removed from the UFC rankings. A lot of people were saying that he got cut. Um, but he confirmed that he has not been cut. He's just been removed from the rankings. Uh, so that might be a good fight. Uh, one of the best wrestlers in the division still. Uh, and Michael Johnson, incredible wrestler himself. So that would be a fun fight. Um, maybe someone like uh, Matus Gamrot or uh, Brad mm-hmm. Riddell. Um, yeah, I like the, the Gamrot fight. I, I actually really like that one. Or even like an Armand Saryukian. Like, mm. let's just see if Johnson has what it takes to make a run here. Or let's not, <laughs> you know? Um, that So that could be a fun fight. All right, real quick, Jeff. The rest of this card. Uh, Virna Jandaroba, unanimous decision over Andrela Hill. Tatsura Taira, uh, unanimous decision over Carlos Candelario. And Andre Petrovsky with an anaconda choke. Put neck. Uh, Nick Maximov unconscious with this one. Um, no easy task. Just a minute and 16 seconds into the fight. This one, that fight was pretty wild. Uh, Petrosky snatched up that anaconda choke. And, you know, Nick Maximov is a good grappler in his own right. Um, he got put to sleep. What are you going to say? So, uh, how do you want to sum up this card, Jeff? Oh, dude, first off, this card was awesome. But out of those three fights, uh, I'll give you two to watch. Definitely the Petrovsky fight because he had such a tight squeeze, man. And and Maximov was out. It's actually it was actually the corner yelling at the ref to check if Maximov was out. So I think um, I don't know whose corner it was, but uh, they definitely saved Maximov from from some brain damage because of where his arm was. Uh, it was like on top of Petrovsky, so it kind of looked like he was like trying to do something to like. Get out of the position. Uh-huh. Um, but, Bill, this dude, Tatsuro Ta- Tayara, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure, or Taira, I might be pronouncing that wrong. Bill, this kid is nasty, dude. He's like 22. He's the kid I was thinking of when mm-hmm. I uh, mentioned um, uh, the other fighter who's 27, uh, the Mexican kid. Um, yeah. But, dude, Taira, 22 or 23 years old, fighting out of Japan. Bill, so well-rounded. Um, he looked vicious everywhere. 
against Carlos Candelario. Had him in some really bad spots. Looked like he was going to uh, finish Candelario because Tyra had taken his back. Um, but, dude, uh, especially that flyweight man, he just looked well-rounded. He was aggressive in there. Looked pretty good everywhere. Um, I want to see more of this kid. Bill, I'm jumping on this kid's bandwagon right now, dude. I think he's like 9-0 and with uh, with the win last night. Um, but go check this kid out, man. Absolutely vicious against Carlos Condelari. I want to see what this kid's got. Bold statements, Jeff. Bold statements. I like it. I like bold statements. Um, yeah, I thought it was a great card. Um, that you know, we had some sneaky good fights, um, some great finishes, uh, some controversy, some close decisions. Like it had everything you would want. Um, let's take a look at the upcoming week. If I have it here, oh, this um, card looks good. It does. I I gotta tell you, I'm not crazy about this main event, Holly Holm and Ketlin Vieta. Um, oh yeah, me neither. But I think the rest of the card makes up for it. Yeah, like this might be one of those ones. Like, I I won't feel bad going to bed early, you know. Well, Bill, you're fortunate because you might not have to. The main card starts at seven, my friend. Oh, does it? Oh, yes. thank you, thank you for that bit of information. Yeah, it'll be nice. Oh, that's oh, always shit. I might actually miss this card. Uh, yeah, but I'm I'm away this um this upcoming weekend. Now where are you going? Pennsylvania. I'm staying local, but I'm going to be up in the mountains, so I don't know how well my Wi-Fi will be received. All right. Well, we'll have to play it by ear. Um, I don't have anything on this main event. I'm just like, all right, that's what it is. Yeah, you can scroll down. I'm not yeah. crazy about this. Uh, this co-main event I love, Santiago Ponzinibbio and Michelle Perea. This, no, this is... is this is the people's main event right here. Yeah, this is a fun fight right here. Um, let let me pull up Perea. I feel like he's been doing all right lately. Yeah, four-fight winning streak. You know, ever since he stopped, like, eh, you know, the, the yeah, like the wacky shit, and he's been actually, like, fighting smart game plans and – um. You know, he's been winning fights. Um, I, I was about to say uh, Ponzinibbio also on a four-fight uh, winning streak, but I just pulled up uh, Padilla again. Uh, so Ponzinibbio uh, lost a split decision to Jeff Neal. That was a close fight. Uh, and then he had a win over Miguel Baeza, and then he was knocked out by Jing Liang Li. Uh, back in January 2021, but this is a fun fight, Jeff. I'm I'm really looking forward to this one. This this really is a main event for me. Yeah, dude, Ponzinibbio is not scared to fight. Not only smart, but he's also not afraid to brawl, which I love about him. And Bill, like you said, Michelle Pereira, um, ever since he cut the crap with with all the nonsense and the and the. Uh, you know, the, the backflips and the walkout and stuff. Ever since he stopped doing that and focused on the fighting and the fundamentals, he's been nasty in there, dude. So he's going to give Ponzinibbio a lot to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I, I love this fight. Um, and then uh, Childton Almeida and Parker Porter is a fun heavyweight fight. But here's my sleeper pick, Jeff. Chidi and Jukawani 
against Dusko Todorovic. This fight, somebody's going to sleep. Uh, Todorovic, who I believe has a knockout win over Michelle Perea, um, and also is coming off a knockout win in his last fight. And Chidi and Jukawani is just so explosive, so fun to watch. Um, this is the fight for me, Jeff. This is like, it, that's the one I don't want to miss. Yeah. Both of these guys are going to bring a lot of power, but I think, I think you're right. I don't think this goes past the second round, dude. Yeah. It, it It's going to be a fun one. So that's my sleeper pick that that's a fun one. And then your boys on this car, Jeff, Eric Anders. There he fighting, is. Uh, John Young Park. That's all I, I have to you're... say about that. <laughs> I just like his fighter nickname. I don't know why. Um, it's like stupid, but it's also hilarious. Um, but dude, Eric Anders, he's hot and cold, man. Um, you know, if if he shows up, I he you know he can win. But there's, I feel like there's so many fights that he lost that maybe he should have won or could have won. Mm. Um, so it depends which Eric Anders shows up. Sure. And me, uh, Euros Medic against Omar Morales, Jonathan Martinez, who I feel like just fought like yesterday, is fighting again against Vince Morales. Uh, a lot of Morales's says, um, Chase Hooper's on this card. Uh, he's fighting Philippe Diaz Calares. Um, yeah, and then you know. A lot of relatively unknowns, but I, I'm always excited for those because those are the people who have the most to prove. Yeah, actually, Bill, now that we talked about it, I'm not that excited for this card either. But if you look at like look at this picture that they have of Ketlin Vieira on, like she looks like she doesn't even want to watch this card. Like <laughs> <laughs> like ah. <laughs> she's like I don't want to watch me fight Holly Holm. <laughs> Dude, and Holly Holm hasn't fought in a while. Did she have a kid or something, or was she injured? I don't know. <laughs> She'll probably get a title shot if she wins this fight, though. Dude, I was just thinking <laughs> just because. Dude, she's been championing. Uh, was she champ at one forty-five? I know she was champ at one thirty-five. But, uh, you know, she got like five title shots at 145. Yeah, dude. And she's only had like seven fights in the UFC. Well, if we haven't just alienated all of our female friends, fans, uh, both of you, because uh, <laughs> you guys are still sticking around for the end of the show, uh, you want to grab some MMA on the Rocks merchandise, you can do so through our friends at Team Reaper, reaper1.co. Uh, I realized that the last few weeks, the links I posted um, were not the correct links. So I fixed that. And uh, you can order an MMA on the Rocks t-shirt, tank top, or hoodie. I don't think anybody will be ordering a hoodie anytime soon. But if you want to, uh, promo code MMARocks10 will save you 10% on your whole order. It's never too soon to start the Christmas shopping, Jeff. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, the way the economy is going with diesel prices skyrocketing, it's going to be super expensive to to get your stuff to you, one. And two, it's going to take a while. So if you order it now, you know, someone from either UPS or FedEx will have it delivered to you, hopefully by Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, hopefully. So you'd better start your Christmas shopping now, and you can start with our friends at Team Reaper and order some MMA and the Rocks merchandise, or you can support some local fighters. Team Reaper uh, puts the money right in the pockets of the fighters. So if you're one of these people that's always saying fighters should get paid more, well, put some money in their pockets so they can, you know, upgrade those nutrition plans and uh, keep that diet in order and and uh, pay their coaches and everything they need to do to be successful in the sport. Um, yeah, um, this was fun. Kind of a light week. We're we're skimming in like right under an hour here, Jeff. Anything else you want to get off your chest? Yeah, dude, Bill. Um... I know that we've been talking about, you know, canceling the Netflix subscription. But before you do that, you have to watch Our Father, dude. Okay. Um, it's about this uh, this fertility doctor. Who, Is that with Mark Wahlberg? No, it's a documentary. Um, uh, so, Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's about this uh, fertility doctor who used his own sperm to uh, with his patients. So um, now... Uh, all these people who thought that they were part of their families are realizing that like, you know, they look a little different and then, you know, from the rest of their family. And now like all the sibling, all the kids started to like find each other. Um, and, and they made a documentary about them, like trying to co confront this doctor and just be like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> Excuse me, Bill, this documentary is completely fucked. Dude, like you have to watch it, man. I love it the is, review, dude. It's oh my gosh, man. Like without spoiling anything, just it's just so, dude. I can't like conceive this. Like I can't think of what would possess a human being to do something like this. But Bill, you gotta check it out, man. It's yeah. it's so messed up. Yeah, how narcissistic do you have to be to, to be like, you know what the world needs? A lot more me, <laughs> dude. I, I did see previews for that, and I was interested in it. But uh, I'm glad to hear positive feedback from you. I'm definitely going to check. I might watch that tonight. But... Dude, yeah, do it. It's it's like an hour and a half, but it's well worth it, man. Is that, this... That's it? The whole thing's an hour and a half? It's not like a series? Right, yeah. It's just one thing, hour and a half. Um, Claudia might fall asleep through it. But, Bill. I think she's asleep already. That could all that yeah, it's like ten thirty. Yeah, it's a possibility. Actually, it's closer to eleven. But dude, you have to check it out, man. It is just so messed up, dude. I I don't even want to like give you any details because you have to see for yourself okay. how messed up this is. Yeah, yeah, I want to check it out. Might be a little too late tonight, but maybe I'll throw it on tomorrow. Make sure I get to get to my TV watching a little earlier. Um, I I started watching a series on Hulu, Jeff, called Candy. And it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a murder mystery series, I guess. It's a five part series. It stars Jessica Biel, uh, and it takes place in the eighties. And they really nail like the look of of the eighties. Like it makes you feel like you're in nineteen eighty watching mm -hmm. this series. And I'm two episodes into it. I think there's five episodes, and it's really good so far. It really kind of hooks you in. It has like the cliffhanger at the end of every episode. Um, but, you know, I got to wait for the wife to be awake before I can continue watching it. But um, so far, so good. I'm, I'm really into it. It's, it's hard to hook me on a show. Uh, Cause I just like, 
I'm just like, yeah, whatever. There's more of this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't need to see, like, how many episodes? There's 300 episodes of this. Nah, <laughs> I can't keep track. Like every time somebody asks me about Game of Thrones, I'm like, there's like 900 characters in that show. I can't keep track of this. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, I don't care how good the story is. Like, I can't follow up. I'm not going to be taking fucking notes. Mm. <laughs> like, I'm not going to have, like, post-its all around my TV so I can remember, like, who's who and in the show. Like, I just need something, like, brainless, like, cheers. That's just, you could pick up at any episode and it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to or... know any of the characters. It's just, it's just one-liners in a bar. Like, I can follow that. Because I'm, I'm like I'm a bit of a Neanderthal, Jeff. Um, but yeah, all right. So that's the TV recommendations. Uh, for anyone curious, I was drinking Buffalo Trace and lemonade uh, throughout the show today. Dude, that sounds awesome. Wow, I don't know why, but I want to try that. It's so good. Um, I, you know, I love Buffalo Trace, but it's been like really hot and humid. So mm -hmm. a little ice cold lemonade hits the spot. Bourbon and lemonade is like my jam in the summer. No, I like it. It's like a guillotine. It's just it, the beauty is in the simplicity of it. It's just right there. It practically throws itself at your feet. And you're like, yeah, rubbing lemonade. Let me snatch this up. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. I guess we'll leave it at that. So uh, grab some merchandise or, or don't. Uh, either way, I appreciate you listening to the end. Um, let me figure out how to pull up the the old ending video here. And that's all we got. So until next time, cheers, everybody. Bye.